Hi friends, I'm back. I've been back multiple times actually since um, our last post or podcast. However, um, with the temperature of our nation, it's been very hard for me to feel comfortable posting something because I feel like I need to address what's going on. But what I've realized is that I think at this point in time, it's probably more important for some form of normality in a lot of our lives. I think everything right now is so focused on the madness that we need someone which I'll volunteer to be that someone we need someone that can make sense of it all in our mind um I want to start off just by thanking everyone for their massive support on the previous podcast. This is definitely a whole new journey for me, something that I've been wanting to do for a while. I've recorded plenty of podcasts. There's plenty that are in the library for hard times, but I honestly wasn't expecting the overwhelming support that I've gotten from you guys. Um, I think the most surprising thing is the variety of audience that we have. There's a lot of men out there listening to me. And I just, I mean, ladies, I love you and you guys know that. But for some reason, that male support is extra making me warm and fuzzy inside. Because men really aren't, men don't tend to just sit there and listen to a podcast, especially a woman on a podcast. So... Shout out to my males out there Uh, for whatever reason you're tuning in right now. I fucks with you and thank you. Um, Because let's be real, VP got words for everybody. I don't give a fuck if you are white, black, Mexican, Asian, motherfucking male, female, gay, straight. This podcast is for you. We won't get me to singing on this podcast um let's see what's been going on a whole bunch of crazy shit obviously the world's in shambles we're still reminding people that black lives matter um we're still reminding people that police brutality is brutality either way the beautiful thing is i see an uprising in spirit and i just want to say congratulations to everyone who is woke the fuck up um I've seen some pretty dope shit manifest since the podcast released. I see a lot of people starting shit and I love that shit. Like one of my good friends, Lucinda, like, you know, she hit me up and she's like, yo, like I've been just going back to different parts of your podcast and that shit is really like motivating me to get some things done. And I've heard that from multiple people on multiple routes. And I just want to tell you guys like, man, I love that. I love seeing that. 
And I've had a few people hit me up and say, yo, like, I've been wanting to start a podcast and I heard your podcast and now I want to do my podcast. I don't want you to think I'm copying you. Let me tell y'all something. I don't, I will, I'm not that person. Like, I'll be the first one to listen to your podcast, the first one to repost your podcast. I'm all about elevating the next person. There's enough enough success, enough attention, and enough money for everybody out there. So don't ever think, folks, that, you know, I'm going to talk shit or look down or whatever if I see some shit moving in your life after listening to my podcast. If anything, that's going to make me want to post more and more and more and more. But before we go any further, you know how this thing goes. I hope you have your drink. Because you know we gonna take a few sips. And I hope you have your smoke if that's your thing. Whatever's your thing. You might not have a thing. Your thing might be green tea. Your thing might be some water. Your thing might be saging right now sitting on the porch enjoying the sunset or the sunrise my point is get comfortable folks my point is be yourself i'm not here trying to encourage anybody to do anything they don't already do all right tonight i'm drinking on actually just some good old school coffee um it is what time is it 9 40 p.m seven days before my birthday hey oh actually six days before my birthday hey i'm gonna be the big three five this year i fucking love getting older i feel better every year that comes along i'm grateful i feel wiser i feel stronger i feel more dedicated and I feel more love, which we're going to hit on in this podcast today because obviously um, we need a little bit more of that right now. So let's hit on love. Love is like a weird ass topic because love is felt differently for everybody. Um but there's some common denominators there that I'm going to touch on. You know, um, one thing I want to start out with is something that people don't say that often. And love isn't enough. Like, love is dope. It really is. But really, what is... I think it's not that love isn't enough. That's maybe that's not what I want to say. I feel like love is misinterpreted and love is used too loosely. Right? Love is used like a regular word to describe something and in reality, love is so much deeper than that. A lot of times when I even say the word love, what's the first thing you think of? You think of your significant other. 
you think of the person that you're in a relationship with, that's usually your first thought. Maybe your parents, your children. Love is supposed to really be a part of our day-to-day life, a part of our everyday actions, a part of our everyday schedule, our everyday mood. Love should be easily incorporated into really everything that we do. But when you're in a... I personally was raised in a household that was the opposite of love. Straight up. Now, it doesn't mean I wasn't loved, but it wasn't felt there. There was a lot of anger. We got yelled at a lot. My brothers got beat a lot. Um, We got put down a lot. I remember being 13, 14 years old and just being told repeatedly over and over again that I wasn't nothing but a trifling ass bitch, that I was a hoe, that I was never going to be shit, that I was going to be a fucking crackhead. Um, I got told all the time that I was just like my mom. Mind you, my mom was out on drugs, you know, so... It's not like that was the best compliment at the time. Um, I got told all the time that, you know, my attitude was going to ruin my life. I got told all the time that I was hateful, that I was evil, that I was mean. And I was a kid. Like, I was 12, 13 years old, and so... Not only was I in an environment where I wasn't necessarily at home, it wasn't my mom's house, it wasn't my dad's house, I was being treated as if I wasn't really welcomed or wanted there, Um, and so, you know, it made my existence tough, like I didn't really think I had anywhere that was my place and so at a very young age I'd say around that age around 13 I started planning my escape I'm writing budgets looking at how much apartments cost looking in the newspaper to see what jobs were out there and how much people got paid and I made I was almost obsessed with that I'm a little bit older, so I come from a time where when you're walking out of the grocery store, they would have apartment guides and free newspapers and things like that. And I would get all of those just so I could do my research. How much money did I need to get the fuck up out of this hellhole? That was when my journaling really started. I would say at that time because I would use my notebooks from school to write all these budgets out, write down how much food costs, apartment costs, jobs, um, a lot of things like that. I ended up getting my first job when I was 15 years old. We used to go to this um, 99 cent store that was owned by an Asian family 
And they had been hiring for a couple months at this point. Every time we would go in there, I would see the sign. And this particular time, I ended up seeing the lady who owned it in the back office. And um, I went in there and I told her how bad I needed to work. My parents needed help. My dad had got laid off from the mines. My mom was on disability at this time. So we were really struggling. And I was just kind of telling her my story and telling her how hard I was willing to work. And ultimately, she gave me that job. And it was really illegally. I mean, I wasn't of legal age to work. My mom was there. She did get permission from her to let me work. But it was a mindset of if there's something I can do about my situation, I'm going to fucking do it. I didn't let the fact that the law said literally that I couldn't work. I knew that I wanted to work and I was going to find a way to make money. Um, at this point in time, I'm really conflicted when I think back to that young girl who was so determined um, to just feel, to be somewhere where I could be myself. Um, I really just wanted to be seen. I didn't feel like I was ever really seen um, for who I was. Because all these ways that people described me, I didn't feel like I was. I knew I wasn't a hoe. I was a virgin. Um, I wasn't even scared to talk to boys. I still fucking watch Barney and play with dolls. So I knew I wasn't a trifling ass hoe. I knew that for sure. Drink something. Um, I knew that I wasn't evil. I knew I wasn't hateful. I knew that all those things they were saying to me was actually shit that they were. But for some reason, I had this knowing at that time, even as being as young as I was, that I had to get the fuck up out of there or eventually that shit was going to fuck me up. So um, once I turned 16, I bounced. I um, packed two black garbage bags with my shit and I left my parents' house. Um, yeah, I was solo dolo out on the streets, two garbage bags, a job, <laughs> and a fucking unfuckwittable, unbreakable determination to prove every motherfucker wrong that I ever came in contact with. Um, <laughs> I wasn't even scared. I literally wasn't even scared. I was more scared to stay there. Um, the day I decided to leave, I was looking out of my bedroom window, as I often did. And I was just fantasizing about when I finally got the fuck out of there, what I was going to do, as I did frequently. Um, that day, looking out that window was a little different because I said something different to myself. 
that day I told myself, Vanessa, this will be the last day you're on the inside looking out. You're going to be free today. And I just started packing my shit. Called my boyfriend at the time. I didn't tell him what my plan was. I just asked him to come pick me up. And he showed up about 20 minutes later. I had two garbage bags. I didn't say shit to my parents. I snuck out the side door. I put my bags in the car. He was trying to like convince me not to leave. I was like, fuck you. Um, put my shit in there. And uh, I was out. Um, I went back to my parents' house a couple weeks after that. And I asked them for my social security card and my birth certificate. And that was all I ever asked my parents for. From the moment I left. Um... If that meant I was going to be hungry as fuck that night, that week, that day, then a bitch was going to be hungry because I definitely wasn't going to ask them for shit. Um, That meant there were times when my lights were cut off. I was in an apartment with no lights. That meant not having a car for multiple years. That meant waking up at two, three o'clock in the morning so that I could walk an hour to work. That meant working 14 hour days. That meant waking up at six in the morning to go to school, going to work after school, being at work until the sun came back up again and going right back to school. Um, that meant really that I didn't have any time for play. I couldn't be out bullshitting like everybody else was. I couldn't be out having fun like everybody else was. I couldn't be out drinking, smoking, straight west coasting. I couldn't be doing all that. I had to stay focused, um, because... It was one-on-one out there in the motherfucking streets with me. It was me and me. So if I allowed myself to falter or default from the plan, I was fucked. I was out here like the rest of these bitches. If I allowed myself to succumb to the peer pressure and to all the shit that I saw out in the streets and all the shit that my friends were doing. I didn't have a fallback or a backup plan. I didn't have, you know, uh, parents to go back home to, nobody to call to help me pay my rent, nobody to call to help me eat. It was all on VP. And what's crazy to me thinking back on that is I was cool with that because for the first time in my short ass life, I had some peace. I had peace of mind finally at 16 years old. I'd rather struggle than to have a motherfucker tell me what they do for me every fucking day. And I developed that mindset as a small child, 12, 13 years old. 
I realized from that day forward, I never wanted a motherfucker to be able to tell me what the fuck they did for me. So, I graduated high school at 17 with way more credits than I needed. I had 27 credits. I think I needed 20 to graduate. Um, Night of my graduation, my parents didn't come. They uh, were mad. I proved them wrong. (laughs) Bitch still graduated. Um... I graduated May 23rd, 2003. I started my college classes May 27th, 2003. And a bitch was determined. I worked, went to school, and kicked it, really, to be honest with you. I kicked it harder than any motherfucker ever kicked it (laughs) on God's green earth. Um, but not for too long. I, uh, met my husband and got married at 19. By then, I felt like I lived a whole fucking life. A bitch was motherfucking tired. I was ready to settle down. I was tired of partying. I was tired of fucking fighting for every fucking thing I wanted. It was nice to have someone in my corner that was down for me. It was nice to have someone in my corner that um, came in to help for once, not to burden me with, you know, more problems. And so, and then I started having my children and I mean, my life just kind of flourished from there. And I guess I say all that to say that determination is a motherfucker and people can tell you all day what you can't be. But it really doesn't matter. Even if those people are your own parents. You know, like... As many people as I've encountered in my life... It's very few people I encountered... That someone hasn't attempted to break them down in some way, shape, or form. There's not very many people that I've met in this lifetime that haven't been abused in some way, shape, or form. And I think that's fucked up, but it's also telling of the place that we live in. It's very telling about the society that we're forced to intertwine with. One thing I've noticed is most people aren't born naturally evil or mean or abusive. Life, they allow life to make them that way. They allow their circumstances to create who they are instead of creating their circumstances based off who they are. I will say that that's something I have mastered. I don't let my situations create me. 
I turn those situations into what the fuck I want them to be. I have mastered making life my bitch on a consistent fucking basis. How I do that is one, I don't let one motherfucker on this earth tell me who the fuck VP is. VP tells VP who the fuck she is. God corrects VP when VP needs to be corrected. I advise you start doing the same. People will give you a fucked up view of yourself. It is up to you to protect yourself at all costs. Drink something. Smoke something. It's about that time. A lot of people in my life have called me a lot of fucking names. And I used to be so confused about that because I knew who I was on the inside and I was always like, damn, how come people can't see me how I see me? And I started realizing something. When you truly don't give a fuck about what people think about you, they don't like you. People want to be able to get to you some way. They want to see that little bit of insecurity when they make that joke about you. They want to see a little bit of insecurity come on your spirit when they, you know, rub your double chin or... Point out those funky shoes you bought that you knew were different that no one else had, but you liked them. Um, when they can point out that mole on your face or that dimple on your chin, anything that really makes you not like them, they'll use that as an opportunity to try to one up you. I see Christians do this the most baby Christians particularly they get a taste of the word they get a taste of this new freedom that's available this new wisdom this new knowledge that is available and they think they're the first person that has seen it they think they're the first person to interpret it in the way they interpreted it and they're on fire and now they want the whole world to be just like them That's great because at the root of that is love. What's funny though is it comes off as full-blown judgment so you never get to love. Why I think that's funny is because The only reason somebody has to point out your flaws is to try to make theirs seem smaller. 
So what do I mean by that? If you come to my house today and you have um, a brown shirt, some purple pants, and some red shoes, What the fuck does it benefit me to point out to you what outfit you put on this morning? If it's for no other reason than to compliment it, of course. Now, if you walk in with your brown shirt, your purple pants and your red shoes, you know you put that on. Right? There's a reason why you wore that. Now, if you walk in my house and I tell you, man, that's a dope ass outfit. I like how you put that together. That's beneficial. I'm feeding into you, I'm trying to make you better. Now, if I come, you come in my house with your brown shirt, purple pants, and red shoes. And I say, man, what the fuck you got on? I want to make you question yourself. But through questioning yourself, what did I gain? Making you question yourself, what did I get out of that? I don't understand why people feel the need to point out other people's flaws. It doesn't do shit for you. What I eat don't make you shit. That's the old folks saying. I got to the point I got into my... (laughs) Let me say that again. I got to the point in my life that I've gotten so far mainly by minding my own fucking business mainly when you really start doing self work you realize that you don't really have any lessons to give. You only have stories to tell. Stories of survival. And some really cool thing ends up happening when you start becoming comfortable and sharing your story is that other people get inspiration from that. Because most of us have a relatable story. Now I said this was about love. 
I kind of went on a little tangent. But the reason why I told you about how I grew up in the start of my life is because I wanted you to see how there was a void there. There was a lack of love in my life. There was a lack of positivity, encouragement in my life. Now, I was journaling one the other week, and um, sometimes I like to look up official definitions of words because that can really bring you some clarity sometimes. So I looked up Webster's definition of love. Webster's definition of love is an intense feeling of deep affection. It's a verb. And it's to feel a deep romantic or sexual attachment to someone. Okay. That's cute. So then I'm like, oh, I actually journaled this on June 9th, 2020. I just saw the date. Then I said, what's love according to God? Love according to God is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love is not boastful. Love is not proud. Love does not dishonor others. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in truth. Love always protects. Love is always kind. Love always trust love always provides hope and love always perseveres love never fails but where there are prophecies there will cease where there are tongues they will be stilled When I was a child, I talked, thought, reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. God's definition of love was just a little bit more detailed than Webster's definition of love. And I'm guessing that that's because God is the author of love. And there's a lot more regarding love in the Bible than that, of course. But that's pretty much the definition we could go off of. Now, the last commandment that God himself gave us was that we were commanded to love one another. Are you patient with the people you claim you love? 
Are you kind? More importantly, are you patient, kind, not boastful, not proud, not self-seeking, not easily angered towards people you don't like? How do you treat people that don't live according to your rules? How do you treat people when they're going through ugly times in their life? How do you treat the people that you feel aren't doing what you think they should be doing? How do you feel about the people who are doing things that maybe God even said they shouldn't be doing? How are you treating the people that hurt you? How are you treating the people that raised you or didn't raise you? How are you treating your children? How are you treating your spouse? What are your thoughts about them when they're not around? How do you feel about them when they make you mad? What boundaries and boxes do you put them in? What lists do you put them to? What do they have to do to receive your love and what do they better not do if they don't want to lose it? Who do you protect? Who do you trust? Do you love someone that you don't have hope in? Because love does not lose hope. It always has hope. So do you really love that ice cream? Do you really love going to your favorite bar? Maybe according to Webster's definition, you guys show love. Because according to Webster, you just have to have an intense feeling of deep affection. You only have to have a deep feeling of romance or sexual attachment. That's love. According to God, love is patient, kind. It does not envy. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Let's say that again. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. Who do you love? Why do you love them? What are you willing to do for them? According to Webster, if you lose an intense feeling of affection for somebody, you don't love them anymore. If you don't feel a deep romantic or sexual attraction or attachment, therefore, if you don't feel that, then you don't love them anymore. 
According to God, if you love someone, then you better be patient, kind. You better not envy. Don't be boastful. Don't be proud. Do not dishonor. Don't be self-seeking. Don't be easily angered. Do not keep a record of wrongdoings. Do not delight in evil, but rejoice in the truth. Make sure you're always protective of that person. Make sure you always trust that person. Make sure you always have hope in that person. And make sure that what you and that person have always perseveres. And remember, last but not least, love never fails. Under that definition, I don't know one person right now that loves any fucking thing. I'm keeping it fucking real with you. It's not a lot of people that I know that really truly love anything according to this definition right here that I found. That I've been hearing my whole life. 1 Corinthians 13. Anybody who's been in church been hearing that forever, but have you really comprehended it? What the fuck do y'all really love? Y'all will dismiss a friend because they said some shit or did some shit you don't like or you don't agree with. You'll fuck around not talk to your brother or sister or somebody for your whole life over a bitch from high school. It's just a lack of love. And really, it's a lack of love for self. How many of you can say, I am patient with myself? I am kind to myself. I don't look at anything on earth and envy it. I'm never boastful. I'm not proud. I do not dishonor others. And I I don't really seek anything for myself. I don't really want anything for myself. Um, I'm not really good. I don't get mad that easy. I mean, no, pretty much never. I don't really get mad. I can't even tell you the last time someone did something wrong to me. I don't even know. I don't even. I don't think anyone ever has. Man, I hate gossiping. I don't want to hear anything bad about anybody. I just only want to know the truth. That's it. No matter what, I'm going to protect myself at all costs. My heart, my spirit, my mind, my soul. And I just, no matter how many times I fall down, I will get back up. I keep hope in myself. I know I'm going to be everything God told me I'm going to be. And no matter what, I'm going to take good care of my body because I want to preserve this temple that God gave me. And I'm just never going to give up on myself because you know what? I know I can do this. How many people talk to themselves like that? What I just said right now, that's a self-love talk. And all I did was repeat back same characteristics I just uh, 
pointed out to you that God uses to describe love. You can pump fake all fucking day online. You can lie to your fucking self every fucking day. You can read your Bible all day. You can listen to Joyce Meyer all day. You can listen to Christian music all day. You can remove every form of quote-unquote evil from around you for the rest of your life. You could never smoke another cigarette or joint, drugs, coffee, caffeine, whatever the hell it is that y'all Christians have come up with that's bad or whatever the fuck y'all want to talk about. You could never go to see a healer, a witch, a... Voodoo queen, you could follow all the fucking rules. And guess what? At the end of the day, you don't even fucking love yourself, dog. And if you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. You could walk around all day in your haughtiness, your holier than thouness. Because you feel like the fucking dumbass little raggedy ass sacrifices, quote unquote, that you're making puts you on a higher pedestal than somebody else. And at the end of the fucking day, you'll still be at the same level of the scum of the earth because you don't love yourself. It really is that fucking deep. Anything you do before you make self-love a priority, before you really fall in love with yourself. And when I say that, that means naked in the mirror, looking at yourself. You don't turn away. You don't suck in. You don't hide. You stand there butt-ass naked, everything falling where it fall. You look in that mirror and you genuinely love what you see because that's who you are so many people walking around here hiding behind their religion their marriage their children their job their online persona they're partying, they're drinking, they're friends, they're rapping, they're trapping, they're bitches. And all of them at the end of the day really don't love themselves. And the funny thing is, is that they get good at hiding it and they've convinced a lot of people that they're happy and everything's great and their relationship's good and blah 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 but you can't lie to yourself 
And you can't lie to somebody who has a gift like me. I see right through it. There's a certain look in your eyes that's sad. There's a certain tone in your voice that's trying to convince your audience that you are who you are. And there's a certain annoyance you feel towards people. I'm not trying to brag, but but people like me who just are who the fuck they are. There's so many people out there that cannot genuinely be who they are. And a lot of times it's because they're looking for acceptance, even from God, the person who created them. They're looking for acceptance from that person by changing everything that that person made them to be. Guess what, guys? I'm vulgar and crazy and I cuss a lot and I do this and I do that. I do untraditional shit and I see things in an untraditional way and I sage my house. Yes. And I believe in spirits and I believe in astrology and I believe in all of that because I believe my God created every fucking thing. And I believe the things that people want you to be scared of the most are the things you need to tap into the most. And if the world wants you to be scared of anything, they want you to be scared of yourself. And they want you to be scared of the God that's in you. That's why it's so hard for you to find self-love. Because that really is the key. Self-love. Because God is you and you are God. So until you fully love your naked self, you cannot fully love God. You cannot fully have relationship with God. You can read his word. You can memorize his verses and you could be a great servant of God. But you won't be a disciple. We can't all be that. Not because there isn't space available, because God don't send, God needs a plethora of disciples now. Before he only need he only had twelve. Now he needs twelve times twelve times twelve times twelve, endless amount of disciples. But not everyone can be that, because not everyone can break their mental cycle and really learn to love themselves. Loving yourself takes work. And it takes a lack of distractions. A lot of times we don't realize it, but we distract ourselves by pointing out other people's flaws. My parents distracted from their own healing by criticizing their children. Because the reality is that what you what you see in other people really is only a reflection of yourself. People are merely mirrors of ourself. 
If you see a characteristic you don't like in somebody or that you tend to judge in somebody, the best thing you can do is look at yourself because it's something in you that you don't like. It really has nothing to do with that other person. Because when you truly become peaceful with yourself, you gain this beautiful ability to just love people how they are. It doesn't mean that you fuck with everybody. It doesn't mean that everybody's in your circle. But it means you no longer feel the need to judge anyone for where they are in their life. For the choices that they make. For the clothes that they wear. For the style of their hair. (laughs) You don't feel the need to do all of that. You just simply feel the need to be there for them. to be their friend and if you really see something on them that you don't think is beneficial for them you don't tell somebody else about them you go to them and I truly believe in my heart that if you don't have the balls to go to a person directly that you say you love and tell them a problem that you have with them or tell them somewhere that they lack that you think is damaging to them then you don't love them you don't love yourself enough to be around them and you should immediately disconnect from them because you're damaging who they are Don't be around a motherfucker you can't love. Don't be a friend to somebody that you can't be a friend to 100% of the time. Go hard or go the fuck home. That's just how that needs to go. That's what your friendships, your relationships, your job, your goals, your inner work with everything that you do. Make a commitment to yourself that you are worth the time and effort to be consistent. You are worth the time and effort to be honest. You are worth the time and effort to be an asset to whoever is on your team. Because the reality of the matter is that if you can look at one person on your team and you feel like they have enough wrong about them that you could sit around and talk about them when they're not around, it says more about you than it does about them. And I don't care what it is that they're doing. Because if you are as high on that horse as you think you are when you're talking shit about somebody else, then you wouldn't have no problem going directly to that person to their face and telling them how you feel. So you know I love a summary. So let's summarize this. Number one. No matter what your beginning is, 
with proper planning, dedication, and hard work. You can be and become whoever the fuck you want to be. Never let your beginning determine your end. Secondly, if you're ever going to get a point of ultimate success, you have to be willing to go to that place alone a lot of the times. You have to be willing to do what nobody else is willing to do all of the time. And you will have to learn how to kill parts of yourself frequently so that you can give life to new things constantly. Thirdly, You can't do any of this until you figure out how to love yourself. When you make a decision to love yourself, you have two options. You can love yourself according to the world's standards. The world's standard in my opinion, is temporary. The world standard of love says an intense feeling of deep affection. It's a verb. To feel a deep romantic or sexual attachment to someone. Let me tell you from my life experience, the journey to self-love is going to be... It will involve a lot of days... Where you ain't going to have an intense feeling of no kind of affection for your motherfucking self. And you damn well ain't going to be feeling a deep romantic or sexual attachment to your motherfucking self either. On the journey to self-love, you're going to most definitely have to be patient with yourself. You are most definitely going to have to be kind to yourself. You're going to have to remind yourself constantly not to be envious of your brother and sister because there's going to be plenty of people at places that you want to be. And you have to remind yourself that you'll never get there if you're envious of where somebody else is. You have to constantly remind yourself that when you get to that place, you cannot become boastful. Because it does not, because it can be taken away in a second. You have to remember on the journey to self-love that you do not have to dishonor anybody to attain that goal. You have to also remember on the journey to self-love, it's really not just about self. Because the more you learn how to love yourself, the more you have to learn how to love others. Because you'll see that there's not much different between you and your brother and sister in Christ. 
You have to remind yourself not to get easily angered because this journey is frustrating and it'll push you to the brink. So you have to remember how to take deep breaths and remember that this is a process.